girls, welcome back to Franchise Buys Games. It's that weekly little gaming show that you might have heard of doing the rounds. Uh, I mean, there's a vicious rumours going around that uh, the whole Franchise Buys Games brand is worth nothing because he's simply, when I say he, uh, referred to the man referenced, the titular protagonist himself, that would be me also, uh, does a soft reboot every eight months. Not the case. Not the case. It's just tuning, fine-tuning, honing, whittling, whittling away at this format and saying what well, we can actually get to work here. But this is Franchise Buys Games. It is your weekly gaming news podcast full of random introspectives. Is that a word, Johnny? Introspectives? It is now. It is now. It's also got uh, arguably the hottest producer slash director in the biz, Mr. Nice Guy Johnny himself. Casually dressed and ready to be informed as always. There he is. The man who is the glue that binds. The man who sat me down and said, old franchise, you'll burn yourself out doing it five times a week. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? A man who doesn't also have a full-time job, a commitment to the gym, and uh, other commitments such as comedy podcast, the Happy Accident podcast. Um, he is the glue that binds. He's here with me this week, and we have some delicious little delectable bites. Some very hungry. Bites. So very I've, got something. I've got something for that. I've got I've got three little articles to tickle those hunger pangs right away. To tapas, if you like, sliced straight from the writhing embodiment of the game industry that I've got strapped to a table in the back. But uh, we'll start the show the same way we'll start every show, Johnny. What you been playing? Well, I've had a bit of an off week, a bit of an out of character for me. Um, I played two games. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Are you well? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> no, so- but... What have you been playing, Johnny? So the second one we'll get into later on, because I think we're going to touch on that, you know. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, let's, not, let's not fucking... What's that phrase I'm thinking of? Stand on ceremony? Let's yeah. not stand on ceremony. The game we're both talking about is Final Fantasy VII Remake. We've both played Final Fantasy VII Remake. The, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't some sort of exclusive deal offered by Square Enix to the hottest game and podcast around. The demo's out. So essentially, me and Johnny, like many of you, have spent some time in the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo. We'll get into that later. That'll be a a whole topic all of its own, all of its own volition. Um, What else have you been playing, though, Johnny? Well, I plunged feet first with concrete shoes Mm. back into Death Stranding. I can't argue with that. Like, I can't Um, argue with that. But, and like, you know, I, I... I didn't hit the ground running, and when I did, I fell over. <laughs> yeah, because you forgot to balance your weight out. Yeah. Yeah, but um, so where was I? I was, I, I've been playing up to chapter two. Mhm. So then um, I started like I was reading a few blogs on it anyway as well, and, and the, the thing they were saying is just play the story. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's very easy just to start, you know, like you were doing DBD and it all across the map, delivering everything. Oh, tell you what. That's so why I ended up forty odd hours in. With very little accomplished. So, and the thing is, when I went in, I felt like I'd blacked out for a while because I had no, I couldn't follow where the story was. 
And to be honest, even if I've been playing from day one, I still don't think I am. I don't know if you ever do. No. That's the, that's the beauty of a Kojima game. It's like you you start it, you, before you know it, you've put 40 hours in and you're wondering if you've just... Did I get laid? <laughs> so bear in mind, playing this, and it was a bit of a late night. I thought, right, I'm going to play, I'm going to get on this, and I'm going to sink a few hours into it. So at least I can talk about it on this premier podcast. On this absolute gaming behemoth podcast. So I start playing it. I'm just going to crack on with the story. I just do the core mission all the way. End up um, at Lake Knot City. Mm-hmm. And then, now tell me whether I'd had too much to drink or not, but a guy with a golden mask turns up. Yeah. And pulls a slimy octopus out of some tar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, so that did happen. That wasn't actually the drink. Unless that happened in your street, that wasn't the drink. <laughs> okay. That's, so uh, That is a lead antagonist, played by Troy Baker. Troy Baker. Yeah. Uh, and absolute yes, show stealer, Troy Baker. Every scene he's in, absolute scene stealer, that man. He's definitely a person, right? And I know this is probably the best for him, but... Um, Face doesn't match the voice, regardless of whatever voice he's doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's got quite a, I'd say, an above averagely handsome appearance. But then when you, like, if you hear Joel's voice, the classic, the one that put him on the map, arguably the one that put him on the map, Joel from The Last of Us. Just when I hear Joel's voice, I just see Joel's face. But I suppose that, that, that leads itself to how good of a voice actor Troy Baker really is. I know, because when you look at him, you think he's going to have a voice by, like, what's that, um, what was the um, thingy twins? Oh. The Olsen twins? No, not that one. The Chuckle Brothers? No, no, never, forget it, right. He's Danny, Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, the, the person no, the person who plays um, Hooks in the, uh, the most recent Star Wars trilogy. Oh, Far oh, shit. Him. What the fucking hell's his name? He's also in um what you call it, um X Machina. X Machina. Machina, sorry. Machina, you absolute <laughs> heathen. Uh, I believe he's in <laughs> X filthy Machina. Casual. Filthy casual, I Filthy don't know fucking it. casual X Machina. Um I can't Bless remember. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I think you would have a voice like him, you know, just a bit more high pitched and a little bit whiny. Yeah, yeah. But no, no. Soothing nah. baritone coming out of that. <laughs> Soothing baritone, I would quite enjoy if I just sat there. Uh, if I, if I, if, if this podcast reaches global levels, which arguably it already has, but just to a much greater extent, then one day uh, I foresee me lying in bed and I'm like, right, that's it. I've had me. Me nightly whiskey. I do like a dram of an evening, Johnny. That's what I do. I have a whiskey just to say us off. And I'd like to pull myself up in a nice comfortable bed, get warm, turn the light off. And there's just a little reading light on in the corner of the room. And there sits Troy Baker, just with a storybook. Doesn't matter which one. He's just got a storybook. <laughs> and he just reads as a story while I drift off in that Troy Baker voice. Bloody, bloody soothing baritones. What a guy. So yeah, I'm well into that. The last I, time I touched Death Stranding, I think I haven't touched it since we spoke about it last, but I was just, just fucking Mr. Zipline. That's all I was doing, just ziplining about like a madman. 
See, I haven't got zip lines yet. I've, I've managed to get some XO legs. Then XO legs, man. But yeah. I lost my bike. You lost your bike? Nah, you'd, they'd become ten a penny then. <laughs> ten a penny. I'll leave them lying around just because. No reason, just because. I just built this bike, give it a nice paint job, drive it out in the wilderness and just get off. You're free now, bike. <laughs> you go, make a life for yourself. Find another bike that I left laying around. Start a family. Have some little bikes. You're well into this deep. That, that's Kojima's next game, that. Just a family of bikes in the wild. <laughs> Addicted to delivering things. <laughs> in a town called Silent Hills. <laughs> Has been. I mean, it, it but, has. But not, but not Silent Hill for legal reasons. <laughs> no, no. Uh, quiet, quiet hills, quiet peaks. Quiet peaks. <laughs> Jim Productions next fucking blockbuster. Quiet peaks. Whispering mounds. Whispering. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a completely different production altogether. That. <laughs> It didn't make the choice cuts this week, but there has been a lot of rumour bounding about of uh, Kojima has somehow managed to acquire the Silent Hills license, and it is in fact going to be his next game. I don't see this happening. Like I don't. I can see he's. Yes, he's said he wants to do horror next. He wants to do a horror game. Kojima after PT, I think Kojima would make a fucking stunning horror game, uh, without question, and is warped warped mind for such a for such a fucking edgelord looking little Asian fella. What a fucking warped mind he's got by the way. But um I can see him making an incredible horror game, but in that same breath, I also can't see any world after the way in which fucking him and Konami fucking unceremoniously parted ways. I can't see Unless they're going to lend them the license in some sort of, all right, we'll rent you this license and we will take a percentage of the profits. I can't see Konami giving away Silent Hills. Even if they never do anything with it apart from make fucking pachinko machines, I can't see Konami giving up that license. It's it's all about what's the best business decision, isn't it? True. Because I think there's only two games they're, they're sticking with, Konami. Like the mobile stuff. The Pachinka stuff and mm. Pro Evolution and what's the other thing? Pro Evo Konami is Konami. Nah, forget that bit. Just had a little tiny brain fart there. Don't worry about it. Happens all the time. Well, they've, they've got, got the... the license that Konami yeah. have got, and I kind of, for the life of us, think what it is. I almost said uh, a game that is clearly a Capcom game, and it would have been very embarrassing. So I'm not going to even go into that. So yeah, I. Uh, Never say never, you know, if it's a right business decision. If and, the money, money talks, Johnny. Money could, talks. Because then from Konami's point of view, they don't have to. All they have to do is reap the benefits of it. They're not footing any production resource or cost. It would be a very smart man at Konami, uh, and it has to be said, given their latest string of business decisions, smart men appear to be a little thin on the ground at Konami at the minute. Very, very true, yeah. But... It would take a very smart man to say, hang on a minute, Kojima, on the back of Death Stranding, he is arguably the most famous name in gaming right now. Without without question. Um, not just on the developer side, but even outside of the sphere of game developers. He's sort of reached like icon status in the gaming world. 
and it would be a very smart man to sit there and say, hang on a minute, the fucking the amount of stock that just the name Kojima has, Kojima Productions has right now, why don't we lease him Silent Hills? Why don't we let him put all the hard work in and we just take a cut on the back end? We do nothing except rake in money. It would take a very smart man and it would also take sort of a, a Phil Spencer Xbox approach to to business whereby let's not see everything as direct competition. Let Phil Spencer, for example, let's try and put Game Pass on the Switch. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, let's not see Nintendo's direct competition. Let's see it as another platform for our product. And if somebody at Konami can step forward and say, what are we doing here? This, we could lease this man the license. We don't charge him. We just say, all right, you've got the license for one game. Much like Star Wars would lease its IP to EA in a contract. If Konami turned around and said to Kojima, you can have Silent Hills for a game. You make it, do whatever you fucking want with it. But we want a percentage on the back end. Very smart business, that. Very smart business. Makes me wonder why I'm not in game development, Johnny. Yeah. I know well, how's, how is the Go game on. coming in dreams? Is it is this happy accident game ready yet? Slow. Slow, Johnny. Slow. It's, it's a concept. And what a concept. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a concept at the minute. It's a Streets of Rage concept. I've been doing some research into how to make a 2D side-scroller. So that, the level of research I've done has been far greater than the level of actual hands-on work I've actually done to make the game. Essentially, up to now, all I've done is research how to make it and not actually tried to make it. But, like all great plans, Johnny, if you prepare... Wait. Fail to prepare. Prepare to fail. fail. So, the preparations are underway to make the 2D side-scrolling beat-em-up. The Happy Accident, the game. That's on the way. Give it as give us a year. I'll have probably a character model or half of a level done. Progress. Progress. This week, Johnny, I have doubled back into a shock horror. Save Thieves. Really? I didn't really expect that. With all, I of, I've, I mean, I've got Dark Siders Genesis sitting there, and I, to be honest, I have, uh, I've, I've allocated that game to be co-op only. So me and one of the boys, where um, one of the honorary Sky Panthers, he's not a full-fledged Sky Panther. Of that, there are only four. We know this. Um, he's an honorary member, a mercenary, if you will, a gun for hire. But I'm, uh, I've, I've allocated. Darksiders Genesis to be a purely co-op experience with just him so we can both farm them chivos and both enjoy that. It tends to be a Sunday night type of game. But uh, other than that, so I have been playing a bit of Genesis, um, still very much enjoying that. Uh, and I have been playing, like I said, I've been back in Sea of Thieves. And do you know what it is, Johnny? It was more of a case of I had a funk. I was sitting looking at the list of games coming out and I was longing to play fucking Doom Eternal. I was longing for, for to get my hands on Resident Evil 3 remake. And nothing else seemed to just fit the bill. And then I thought, ah, go on then. I'll just go on Sea of Thieves because I quite enjoy not doing anything on that game. I quite enjoy just setting sail and seeing what happens. And uh, about five minutes in, I was just enjoying myself. I was just sailing. I was just sailing. Nothing else. I was just sailing. 
navigated a storm, would hit a couple of islands up, ended up drifting too far, went towards the Cinder Isles, which was one of the latest expansions, uh, found an island, jumped off, just thought, I'm going to explore this, because it was a named island, so I thought, well, there must be something on here. Um, found myself uh, a chest, which contained some sort of relic. Didn't know these relics existed in the game. Found a, a fancy-looking skull, and I thought, well, now I've got a purpose. This has turned from being just a, a little me on my own, just with some chill music on in the background, a glass of whiskey just to see us off, just a proper chill experience. Uh, and it turned into, holy fuck, I've, I've given myself an objective. I've stumbled upon something that has now given me an objective. I wanted to cash in these relics. I wanted to cash in this rare skull. I thought, fuck it, I'm on it. And then in the next 10 minutes, I'd somehow managed to amass three chests and several of these skulls. I was like, I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing here, but I need to find somewhere quick to to sell these things because I'm now, I'm, I'm, I'm hot. I'm, I'm carrying a hot load, Johnny. I've got a hot load that I need to fucking offload quickly for that rep. So I'm sailing along. I ended up in... I got into a fucking battle. I was only in a sloop. And the thing I appreciate about Sea Thieves is I was in a little sloop by myself. I was set upon by a, a, a pirate ship, one of the skeleton pirate ships, and that too was only a sloop. So it obviously scaled to what I was doing. I got into a battle with that. I beat that. So it was a combat encounter. I managed to patch my ship up. I managed to get a fuckload of loot off that. I thought, Jesus Christ, I really need to check this in now. Head off. I'm looking on the map. I'm like, right, I've found an outpost. Let's fucking do this. I'm steamrolling towards this outpost. Two other sloops fucking set upon us. Character controlled sloops. So my heart right now is in my fucking throat. I'm trying to get as much speed as I can to avoid getting just fucking pillaged by these other two players. And then out of fucking nowhere, and this is what Sea Thieves does beautifully, out of nowhere, one of their sloops got attacked by a megalodon. <laughs> Holy fuck, you've got to be kidding me. They're literally just behind us. They can't get a shot on us with a cannon. I'd think they were just out of range or they hadn't bothered to fire the harpoon. Uh, and I heard the, like, the megalodon music come on. I thought, well, this is all I fucking need now. Carrying a fuckload of cargo, all these skulls, all this renown just sitting below decks. All right, um, I'm shit in my pants and then the megalodon swam straight past me chomped on one of their boats I gave them the slip through some fucking treacherous fucking terrain in through some rocks managed to get through unharmed they were fucked they were fighting a megalodon uh, set off lost them thought this is it I'm on my way storm hits <laughs> I saw some barrels floating in front of us so I was like, fuck it, don't need them. I just want to get these offloaded. And the only thing I can assume at this point, I still don't know what happened, but the assumption I have to make is that one of these barrels or more was a flame barrel and I steamrolled straight through the middle of it and I blew my own ship up. So, hang on. Everything to... sank. I achieved nothing. <laughs> All of that was for nothing. I came away with it richer for the experience that I'd had. I had some great moments. I had some great naval combat. And then I had less than fuck all to show for it, Johnny. Nothing. Not a fucking thing. Failed to prepare. 
Fucking, I should have just, so, I mean, lessons learned, if I see some barrels floating every time now, I'm giving them a wide berth. Unless I want them, then I'll drop anchor and I'll get in and fucking get them, you know what I mean? But just you gonna... feeling invincible, wasn't it? I thought survived, I... You, you survived your first skeleton crew, survived a player thing, survived a megalodon attack. Yeah, some barrels, fuck them. <laughs> Taken out by a fucking floating flame barrel. Unbelievable, Johnny. Unbelievable. So that's that's essentially what I've been playing. A little bit of Genesis, been doing a little bit of research on Dreams and uh, back on Sea of Thieves. So that's that's me. Shall we, good sir, get into this fucking choice cut? Go for it. Lots Three. of things. First, first on the docket, we have news. We have news. So obviously last week, or possibly the week before, we spent a, uh, a great deal of time talking about Rockstar due to Dan Hauser leaving. Um, Rockstar back in the news for a little bit of a cheeky image they posted on their on their site. Now, Johnny, I believe you've been on the actual site and put eyes on this image. So I've got the one that is uh, the image we were talking about was um, the very like metropolis-looking cyborg robot mm-hmm. getting cosy with the Rockstar logo. Mm-hmm. So that that's there if you um, if you go to the uh, the navigator main page on Rockstar ga- uh, rockstargamescom slash games. Yeah. Very metropolis. That's how I I take it. Very kind of you know uh, vintage like seminal yeah. sci-fi film, yeah. black and white kind of thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, there's like a. <laughs> Um, what's those things like? An ice bucket with a champagne in it at the side. Yeah. I don't know what's trying to tell you there. So it's gonna be a good night. <laughs> gonna be a sexy night. The, uh, so that was one of two. That was one of two images. The second image was the Rockstar logo. Um, it was. I wouldn't even know how I'd describe that logo, Johnny. It was fucking. Uh, I'm, <clears throat> I'm an arty person, but it was reds, pinks, blues. Uh, there was obviously the internet dug straight into it and found the date 1998 in this. Um, there's the word finite appears to be on the top, but it's split into fine and inti. But then there's an R and an AC and a K and a T. It, 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 it was a fucking absolute conspiracist's wet dream trying to decode what this image meant. Um, and as it. it as the internet does, got hold of this image and there was fucking rumours of everything from GTA 6 or even fucking Bully 2 is what they were they were trying to allude to, what they were trying to get in at. And I can see how they'd, I can see how they'd get both looking at it. There is a sort of periodic table type gig on the right. Um, but how you got GTA 6, I don't know. The 1998 potentially, uh, which would be... I mean, what's that? San Andreas. San Andreas was in the nineties, wasn't it? Yeah. That, uh, so that was Vice City was the eighties. San Andreas was their nineties game. And if you're looking at a nineteen ninety eight reference, then you're clearly talking is GTA six Return to San Andreas. But as it turns out, nothing, not a thing, just a nice piece of art. So Rockstar just for shits and gigs did a little piece of artwork. And sent the internet in an absolute frenzy about what it could be. Here's some, here's some um, no context <laughs> pictures. Go. Speculate. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Aye. Still talking about us? Good. 
here's some more reasons to talk about us. Really, because the the brand stays, the brand stays in the forefront of your fucking periphery. Yeah, I mean, if I want to speculate, looking at that colour scheme, right? Yeah. Immediately, what I thought, um, GTA London. Oh, interesting. Mhm. Interesting. No, I, I, I appreciate it's more pink than white, but it was just the yeah. angular thing that they're almost Union Jack like. Yeah, yeah. And then it just got me that. think. That got me thinking. You know, you always talk about the trifecta of Liberty City, um, San Andreas, Vice City. Now I think it's all. It, it, they've, they've got to be visiting Vice City next. You know, I hope so. Almost. I I do hope so because Vice City is up there with one of my favourite GTA games. Just but, for, yep. for the for, for the more for the era that it was set in, really. But if it is one of those things where you can do multiple locations, let's say, like like you talked about, you know, they always alluded to this a little bit where you got on a um a plane in GTA Five. Yeah. And went across to where was the place called again? Yeah, Los Santos. Was it? Well, yeah, but that was that. But what was the what was the um where they did the heist at the beginning? Oh man. Anyway, yeah. something like that. So you actually changed location. And you got a different map. Yeah. yeah it would just be you know. And I just thought GTA London is the kind of forgotten little thing about it. Yeah, yeah. But then there wouldn't have to be London. You could almost have like you know they've made up American cities. Could try and make up in um a British one. Well, I suppose there is enough stereotypes and tropes of the Englishman that you could quite easily create a fictional English city but uh, I mean you've got to think it would just be London like all well, of these all of these fictional Grand Theft Auto cities are based on on uh, Matrix yeah yeah on Vegas on you know what I mean it, it, they are based on cities so you would think it would be a a fictional representation of London by another name and the interesting thing from them is you know they always you know pick apart pop culture yes because like you know gta 5 was just trolling the trolls to some respect mm. you know there was so much about like Amer- um, american the american dream and culture and like that that you can just easily pick apart and like satirize yeah but our our own home country mate is going kind of you can almost satirize that really easily now we are ripe for satire at the minute so Absolutely. i wouldn't be surprised if it's kind of you know for what for what has probably been deemed a sensible nation in the past, I'm not entirely sure we can say that anymore. But anyway, that this is a completely different podcast. Yeah. Well, so yeah. As, it, as it turns out, as it turns out, this logo, nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. We still, my friends, await news of GTA 6 or possibly Bully 2. Um, I think. Rockstar will probably gauge in the reaction, the internet reaction, just to see if anybody was on the on the money. And Bully 2, by the way, had... Uh, I'm not going to say the lion's share, because GTA 6 had the lion's share, but Bully 2 had a lot of people talking about it for a game that has been rumoured in the past, but ne- nothing nothing concrete. Uh, Bully 2 had a fucking... Had a lot of steam behind it, which I find surprising because Bully wasn't a Rockstar game that that spoke to me. Which I mean, it should have given the era it came out and where we were in our lives at that time. Bully, or Canis Canum Edit, as it was called, when you couldn't use the word bully because it was negative connotations. But 
it should have spoken to me more than it did. It just it was the victim of a um, negative campaign, though, wasn't it? Aye, pretty much. Like, people because it was bullied that already nicked like it. Well, it's a game about bullying. Yeah. And that that was it. That was the thing that kind of stuck with it. Now, no, any publicity is good publicity, even if it's bad yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. But I guess, and it's never going to be up there with you know. I'm you know, I'm still. Even Red Dead had a, had a an up like you know the first Red Dead had to contend with the GTA kind of stigma. Yes. You know. My my fucking thoughts. Or are Wild, Wild West Auto is because it is just Wild West Auto. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But my my thoughts on a bully too. You, you are navigating tr- and far be it from Rockstar. They've never shied away from controversy anyway. But now, given given everything, given the state of the world we're in, and and, and online bullying being just an uh, just a fucking toxic just a just a poison just just uh, uh online bullying is it's i don't want to call it a, i kind of call it a buzzword it's because it, it isn't a buzzword it's it's a very real menace that we that we're faced with that this where the generation below us uh, is i mean suicide's never been higher through bullying You've got uh, anybody listening in the UK is a hundred percent going to be aware of the Caroline Flack situation, and that's tantamount to bullying. Uh, you know what I mean? I, I don't know if that level of controversy is waters too choppy even for Rockstar to try and navigate. Uh, I don't know. It's a it's a fan. Let's say it's a cult favorite. Let's say. Yeah. But in this day and age. You know, with the time and resource it takes to develop a game, you know, would would you actually put all put put your resource into something that was a got cult following? True. I don't Especially know. After the success of GTA Five. No, I, I, you know, taking that back, like we touched on last last week, and we'll touch again, on again this week. Um, we're a nostalgic bunch. Yeah. We do love a nostalgia. That. That draw of nostalgia. It's like that. It's it's like that thing. Nostalgia is a funny old beast, isn't it? Because you, if you taught anybody, like the the, I'll use dreams as an example. The first thing that came to my head with dreams was I want to make. And this was before the Happy Accident Streets of Rage game. The first thing I want to make was a homage, a tribute uh, to. The old school wrestling games of of, of yonder, the uh, the the N sixty four era of wrestling games. So your No Mercy, your WCW versus NWO Revenge. That's that's the game I wanted to make, and I've got such fond memories of that. But I'm in a fortunate position where I still own several N sixty fours and all of those wrestling games, and I never stopped playing them. So. I know that whatever was in my head is not actually how those games looked or felt at yeah. all. You go back to them now. Another example I've often touted, Star Fox. When we first played Star Fox, like, the nostalgia of Star Fox tells you that this was just an unbelievable on-the-real shooter and the graphics were amazing and you were just you were totally immersed in this Starfighter experience. And then if you go back and play that game now... Yeah, your ship's made out of a square and two triangles. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, nostalgia's a funny old fucking thing. Yep, it's what you think you remember and what, you know, the, there's a there's a blurred line between reality and... Um, and what your brain has created of that time. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, absolutely. I, I get where you're coming from with the nostalgia thing. Shall we swiftly move on to the next topic, Johnny? Let's do it. Shall Let's I pick it. from it? Shall I choose you, a cut? You go for it, mate. You just grab that fucking butcher's knife there and slice off a choice cut of your... Right, here we go. So this is the bit I was going to go for. So it's the um, um, the BAFTA Game Awards um, nominations have been released. Yeah. Um, Death Stranding and Control are leading the nominations with uh, the awards with 11 each. Nice. Uh, I guess the, the headline from this is it's new franchises, actually, that are getting the awards. New IPs. Which is, which is what we just discussed last week, um, you know. It's a, it's a gamble these days because we're a nostalgic bunch to go with new stuff. Yeah. So, and this is the actual, the, I guess, the academy. So this is the um, the critics, critics, and the experts choosing yeah. it, which is always different, I suppose, from the people's choice. Hundred percent. percent. You're coming. The the academy itself is. It's going to look at things that the the player might not, if you know what I mean. Although some players would pick up on a on a score, for example, we spoke last night fucking at length about the Final Fantasy VII remake score, uh, but the, the Baftas does lean into the the nuances of, of of games more than just the game as a whole. And sometimes you know, awards like this that can always give you the bump, you know, like you know the Game of Year editions and things like that. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, Control, I I read about it, didn't play it. It was quite um, unheralded when it was released, but a lot of critics really loved it. It was a darling. Yeah, Control is superb, by the way. if um, I tell you what, if you want to play Control, and I don't often do this, but you can have a lend. <laughs> you can have a lend. If you do want to play Control, mate, it's yours. It's there. It's sitting there on the shelf. I finished Control. Do a swapsies. Uh, well, I'll swapsies, <laughs> but I guarantee there's nothing you've got that I haven't already played. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, control, like you can see these two. I mean, if you look at the, I mean, the game, the the game of the year for the Baftas, Death Stranding didn't get included in that. That's worth noting that it is nominated for eleven, but it it isn't in the conversation for best game. Best game. Yeah. The the nominees for best game are Control, Luigi's Mansion Three, Outer Wilds, Disco Elysium. Sekiro, Shadows Die Twice, and Untitled Goose Game. You read it right. Untitled Goose Game. Untitled Goose Game is up there. I mean, Untitled Goose Game, it fucking cleaned up at the, um, what was the other one? Dice, the Dice Game Awards. Untitled Game Goose Pass, Game, but fucking cleaned up there and all. Uh, and I'm, hands up, I have not played Untitled Goose Game. I saw it, I thought, yeah, this is going to be a cult classic. Because it's called... <laughs> Untitled Goose Game. Do you know what I mean? There's a game where you're a goose and you just pester people. Of course it was going to be a cult classic. How it gets nominated for best games is is beyond me. I'm not shitting on Untitled Goose Game at all. I've never played it. I wouldn't shit on a game I'd not played. Uh, it wasn't a game that spoke to me, so I didn't try it. And that's 2020, New Year, New Me. I'm going to stop playing all the games, especially if they don't speak to us. An Untitled Goose Game just didn't. I mean, it's there. It's on Game Pass. There's absolutely no reason why I can't try it. And maybe I'll fall in love with this 
silly little goose game. But it's worth noting that Untitled Goose Game is in the running for best game and Death Stranding is not. It did split the crowd, though. Death Stranding did. It, it, it absolutely did. And for good reason. You can say why. You can say why. Yeah, I love Death Stranding. I loved it to fucking death. Um, I'm worried that I'll never get back to it now because my time away from it's been too long. But what I did play, I fucking loved it. Um, Luigi's Mansion 3 is another one I didn't play. Didn't didn't feel the vibes off that one. If I, I do play a lot on my Switch, but I didn't play Luigi's Mansion 3. Um, you, I believe you sang quite a lot of time in Outer Wilds. Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds. Uh, I haven't played Outer Wilds yet. No. I did sink a lot of time in Outer Worlds. That was the Fallout New Vegas developers, wasn't it? Yeah, Fallout in Space, we'll call that Fall- one. Fallout in Space, yeah. Uh, Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, I can speak to, and that is just a superb game. Uh, absolutely fucking brutal, make no mistake about it. I am nowhere near finishing that game. I go back to it and I spend weeks on it at a time and then I have to take a step back because it is tantamount to fucking torturing yourself. <laughs> tantamount to punching yourself in the face repeatedly. But absolutely worthy of the fucking nominee, of uh, the nomination. Um, Disco Elysium is another one that got raved about. PC game though. I believe Disco Elysium is coming to consoles. Um, but Disco Elysium, as it stands, is not a console game, a PC game, and it's nice to see PC being represented. I know the PC often touted as the master race, but really, if you look at the exclusive titles to PC, yeah, yeah, you're a bit thin on the ground for triple A's, if you know what I mean, on, on PC. PC is the place for your fucking Counter-Strikes, it's absolutely the place for your MMOs, uh, uh, what else have we got? The, you can't even claim survival games are PC dominated now because you, you, DayZ made the transition to console. PUBG. RTS without question, PC. Yeah, you do have your outliers like your Halo Wars, uh, but even Halo Wars can't touch on the likes of your fucking Age of Empires. It can't touch on Total War. Any of the Total War series are just, you can't do it. Uh, the, the need for hotkeying is fucking key in RTS if you're going to play it at any sort of good level. Uh, and it is difficult to do on a controller. Flight Sim is usually PC, but that's coming to Xbox, isn't it? The flight Sim, yeah, the new Flight Sim is coming to Xbox. That'll be on Game Pass. That'll be interesting. I'm, int- I'm intrigued to that one. I really am. Yeah, about it. Me too. And nothing about a Flight Sim speaks to me. At all. However, when that drops, I'll have a go at that. Like, I'll, uh, I will play that, sir. I will take off in Newcastle Airport and fly to Benidorm. <laughs> you better believe it. You better believe it. And then go around telling you, telling everyone you did just that. Yeah. Or maybe not. Or maybe not. Maybe it not. Depends, <laughs> it depends what kind of fucking damage I want to do to my reputation. But, no. but there we have it, awards, awards games, and it's just interesting that from a number of nominations, it's newer, newer franchises. Um, New IPs, that's that's the bit that speaks to me here. New IPs, that's what I like, that's what excites us. What, what particularly excites us, Control in particular, right? I fucking loved Control. 
absolutely adored Control. Phenomenal game. The Control, the whole game, right? The best way I describe Control is that the whole game felt like there was probably a, a, a seven inch to one foot thick layer of everything that was just fucking destructible. Every environment you were in, you could pull the floor up, you could pull the wall, ev- literally everything about that fucking I just loved that game, Johnny. And I'm particularly interested in uh, the potential connection that Control and Alan Wake exist in the same universe. That's interesting. Alan Wake, what an, what an unsung hero of the game. Brilliant. Like I'll tell you what it is, right? what I'd love to see, Xbox Series X, if E3 happens this year, which we'll touch on in the next bit of fucking choice cuts, if E3 happens this year, Alan Wake makes a comeback. Possibly, does he make a comeback? I think, and I would have to fact check this, right? But I don't know if I read rumour or I read confirmed report that Alan Wake will feature in the DLC for Control. Um, no secret that the guy who plays Alan Wake plays a lead character in Control. So that the the actor's already there as playing somebody else, but you could absolutely bring Alan Wake back in Control DLC or as a new Alan Wake game, which expands on this wider universe of that Control exists in. Do, do you play halfway through an Alan Wake game and all of a sudden the fucking, the, the bureau turn up? Yeah. So, fucking, her name escapes me again, but like the lead character for... Uh, control turns up like the di- the new director of the bureau just turns up in an Alan Wake game with like all of the fucking the bureau behind on the investigating whatever bloody supernatural nonsense Alan Wake's got himself into this time but yeah just the two new IPs being a fucking leading BAFTA nominations man craziness also worth noting that um, Hideo Kojima is going to receive a BAFTA a BAFTA Baptist. He's going to the wrong <laughs> show. He is. he is on his way to the wrong awards evening. He will receive a BAFTA fellowship during the ceremony. So, hats off to Mr. Kojima-san. Just another reason why you don't need to make games, uh, films of games. Nah, I agree. I concur, sir. I concur. As we touched on just there, fleetingly, almost put a pin in it, we talked about E3 and if E3 will happen this year. So the there is a very real risk. To me personally, this is my opinion, there's no news as of yet. There's whispers of it around the old internet. But there's, there's rumours are swirling that E3 will be the latest in a long line of things to fall victim to the fucking COVID-19 coronavirus, Johnny. GDC, the Game Developers Conference 2020, indefinitely postponed after Microsoft, Sony and Epic all back out due to coronavirus. Holy shit. GDC's fucking done. No GDC in 2020. GDC uh, supposed to take place from March 16th through to March 20th. Obviously, Game Developers Conference, right? JDC uh, it doesn't quite have the, the the fun emphasis that A3 does, but nonetheless, over the years we've had some. There has been some fucking drops at JDC. There's been some trailer drops. There's been some news drops, uh, and obviously it's uh, more for 
more for people wanting to get into the industry, this is going to be a big hit. JDC was the sort of thing where fresh, um, sort of people fresh out of fucking university and fresh out of college and whatnot who were looking for a career in the game industry. This was this was like one giant networking event for people who were wanting to work in the industry. So the wider impact of this may we uh, where. We don't actually know how far the ripples of this drop in the ocean are going to reach. This could impact. Uh, this could impact a generation of game developers. Do you know what I mean? All the big fucking companies are out. That's it. How do you have a show where all your big companies have pulled out? Sony and Oculus—they were the first ones to go. Then EA pulled out. Uh, Kojima Productions pulled out PlayStation pulled out Facebook pulled out and then just before I think it was a day before they had to officially cancel Microsoft Epic and Unity all dropped out and it's citing uh, well-being of our teams and community due to growing public health risks associated with coronavirus fucking hell E3 is E3 is next like it's all but sure, isn't it, really? It's all, it, it is all but a guarantee at this point. If there's, if there's any doubt, there is no doubt that it's... <laughs> and I, to be honest, I don't know if A3 could survive not being on this year. After last year's debacle, I don't know. Sony pulling out and then the fucking leaking of all the data, people's personal data... I don't. I literally, I do not know if E3 can survive having to cancel because every fucker's pulled out. And as a general rule, I say never pull out. But in this instance, <laughs> because of the threat that coronavirus fears, like pauses. I don't know, man. I don't know if E3 survive this one. Like JDC will survive. If JDC isn't E3, if you know what I mean. JDC is. It's fucking. It's huge, but it's it's all it's tech, it's jobs, it's all of that. But E three, E three is the like that is the place and has been the place for the past I don't know how many years, where you come out swinging, Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo come out swinging, Bethesda, Devolver Digital, EA. All of these massive companies that come out fucking swinging at A3. E3 is the... E3 is the fucking absolute hype fest. E3 is where it all starts. E3 is the catalyst of a year's worth long of hype. And what better year have E3 than the next-gen launch year? But this, maybe everything's for... Like, we're in, at the moment, we're in the... Um unknown period in the the mass hysteria and it's like panic of this mm. covid19 stuff because mm-hmm. governments don't know how, what they're doing in terms of containment okay yeah and like companies can't need to really take governmental advice mm-hmm. really because then once that's stipulated then you know there's a there's a precedent for it and things like that so who who's to know that all these other expos and things cancel and E3 is the one that survives, and then everyone, because it's a launch, um, a new console launch, yeah, unless that gets postponed, yeah, that 
they all need a platform, and E three is just stepping up, just like, well, we're ready. It could it could be redemption. <laughs> it could be redemption, uh, with the caveat that three point one percent of the attendees die. <laughs> <laughs> You can you can see it happening though. You can see E3 if every co- if every other conference cancels and all the people pull out. But then you've got a question: if if every company pulls out of a, a showcasing at the event, what's what's the point in having the event? What are E3 gonna do if they've got no keynote? Do they just have a massive fan event and they're like, oh, this is what was gonna be shown? Because you've got to think, JDC's cancelled, right? Let's Let's speculate that A3 is the next one to fall. Sony have already pulled out of A3. They weren't going to be there anyway. Sony were going to have their own event. No doubt the PS5 launch event. You've got to have serious questions over that. Xbox obviously had a big A3 planned because they've got the Series X. They want to release more information on the console and they want to release the launch lineup or things that are going to come in the launch window. Nintendo have done the treehouse and they've done the Nintendo have got the monopoly on the direct PlayStation have tried with the state of play Xbox have got whatever the fuck major Nelson does uh, but none of them reach the heady heights of a Nintendo direct but you've got to think if they do pull out and all of them are right right we're not doing a3 we don't do an event where we draw large crowds because of the risk of coronavirus so we all go digital streaming we stream uh, a one-hour to two-hour event, which is all pre-recorded, all fancy graphics, and you watch it from the comfort of your own home. The drawback being you don't get to get hands-on with any of the stuff that they announce, unless they get ahead of that and they have a window of, uh, I don't know, a three-week window where anything that will be playable on the shop floor they do a limited time demo for so you can get your hands on it the problem with that is a lot of the shop floor demos often crash and need to be debugged and rebooted so could you would you have a demo ready would it be cost effective to have a demo ready and release these demos if you haven't got the developer there to talk you through it it's i don't know mate it just opens a fucking bag of worms it's just uh, another another instance of this fucking media circus surrounding COVID-19 causing fucking economic havoc. It's just it, the, for the lack of information and, you know, this is when you really hope that governments and and corporations have contingencies. Mm. And you start to look and realise they don't. <laughs> I don't want to put my tinfoil hat on, Johnny, but there's always the the rumours going around that this COVID-19 within China is actually far worse than than we're being told. The thing is, though, it's, it's been in South Korea for a bit. So that, that's the figures I've been looking at in terms of um, infection rates and mortality, mortality rates. Rate. And, you know, 0.6% or something. I think globally it's three point something percent now, isn't it? It's officially overtaken the normal flu. I think now, three point something percent mortality of known cases, because this is the problem, because it's so infectious and like normal flu. Yeah. So not not like SARS. Yeah. That a lot of cases are mild, therefore are not categorized as coronavirus. Yeah, people just think they've got a cold. Yeah. 
So so then you don't count that, so it makes the mortality rate look worse. Yes, true. Because it's only the mortality rate in known cases of that. Anyway, yeah. <clears throat> that's this is why everyone started playing play, playing Plague Inc. again. You play that? <laughs> China banned Plague Inc. <laughs> China banned Plague Inc. The game in which you create a virus and try to take down the world. And China were like, a game? Motherfuckers, we doing that in real life. <laughs> this ain't no game. We killing people. We killing people, son. <laughs> so, so what? What have we had so far on this game and podcast so far since the soft reboot? We've had worries that PS5 and Xbox Series X are going to be delayed due to fucking the Chinese production plants not being able to produce them because people are either dead. Or they're in fucking quarantine for 14 days. So there's a potential delay on that. Switch, there's a potential delay on Nintendo production because they can't get the units out because they can't get the people in the factories. GDC is now being cancelled because they don't want large groups of people together for this for the worry of spreading this flu. Which essentially is, is what it is, the flu. We shouldn't downplay that because the normal flu kills many thousands of people every year. Without question, the figures are all there. And this is a, a new strain of flu that we don't quite have the vaccine for yet. Apparently the vaccine's there, but they've got to go through all the red tape and, and bureaucracy before they can release it widely to, to get people vaccinated. It's got to go through all kinds of tests, which in itself is it, it's necessary. I mean, look at fucking thalidomide. You know what I mean? That didn't do all the fucking tests. And look what happened there. So... You can understand why, but the the game industry is just one of the many industries that is gradually, day by day, just being punched to death by this coronavirus. Just taking blow after blow. But then I look at like companies like Sony. Sony have got to be fucking... Nintendo are laughing. They do directs and treehouses anyway. Nintendo are like, fair enough, we don't have to do the the public event, but... Our directs are all streamed digitally anyway. So we're not losing out any great deal. Sony already pulled out of A3 once and did their own press conference. Again, they can't have fucking large groups of people, so they're going to have to go the digital route. But they had to be sort of planning for that anyway with not having the numbers that an A3 conference draws. It's not going to be that big of a loss for them. But Microsoft, Microsoft were poised to have an absolutely fucking scorching A3. Sony drops out. They've got the new console that's already fucking wiped the floor with the PS5 as far as uh, the hardware is concerned. And this is the, Microsoft is the one that's going to be hit hardest by this, should, as we predict, A3 be cancelled. But they've got the news out, haven't they? That's the thing. The news is out there. Have, have, have they been no? But have they been shrewd by getting the, the hardware specs out? And fair enough, it's all about content and what comes with it. But um, they've, they've, they're, they're, they're they're sitting pretty in terms of they've got information out there now. Yeah. It's still silence from Sony. Yeah. And with expos and things and platforms disappearing, you know, <clears throat> where is Sony first going to announce? Fair enough they, if they do their own thing and announce it. But Very I don't know. Point. Very good point. Xbox came out to a live audience and obviously the internet with yeah, the so last specs. Sony are going to lose out that live audience element, but then you've got to, you've got to weigh up 
how many people are in that live audience versus how many people watch worldwide digitally. I know, but it's the thing about um, it's the audience reaction that yeah. you get that can sell something. True. Like No Man's Sky, the audience reaction to that mm-hmm. sold the concept ten times more than actually what it was. So feeding off a live audience that can re- react you react to the content as it's shown. I mean, the Keanu Reeves moment, Cyberpunk yeah. 2077. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So you won't you won't get that with just a streamed thing. No, that is true. That is true. Because you don't have, like you say, that audience reaction. If you watch a Nintendo Treehouse and it just announces, like the the Treehouse where they announced Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, where the very end of the tree, the very end of the direct, sorry. It very much looked like they were leaning into more Splatoon DLC, and then all of a sudden, one of the little inklings turns around, and the reflection in its eye is the Smash Brothers logo, and then you watching it, you're like, holy fuck, it's Smash Brothers, but then when you look at the likes of Cyberpunk, when Keanu Reeves came out, you actually had to stop proceedings, because the audience were just losing their fucking mind, and the hype is more contagious than COVID-19. <laughs> well, Johnny, I think we have discussed enough choice cuts. I think now is the perfect opportunity to segue straight into that fucking aforementioned Final Fantasy VII Remake demo. We both played it. Um, we were both sitting there playing it last night, and we said, hang on, let's not talk about it here in the party. Let's save it for the podcast. So, Johnny, I want to know, as a as a fellow Final Fantasy VII, fuck it, I'd go as far as to call us super fans. How did you feel about it? Oh well, before I played it, I wasn't hundred percent sold on the concept. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this. You know, it's nostalgia. You know, can we move on? Have something new? You know, I loved Final Fantasy VII and how it played. Yeah. And then I played the demo. It's pretty fucking good. It's fucking good, man. It's pretty fucking good. Yeah, it's fucking it's better than that. It's better oh, than pretty fucking good. Cause it manages to bleed nostalgia all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> Whilst playing been... like a new game. Like an entirely new game. Do you know what? It plays very much like a Final Fantasy fifteen. Um, with the sort of uh, a certain freedom to the combat but it's only after you've started hacking and slashing through your first few enemies that you realise this whole other system opens up yep. so it perfectly blends your, your your new school of free free movement free to attack whenever you see fit with a very basic attack hack and slash type game uh, it perfectly blends that with the nostalgic, um, real-time sort of JRPG, fucking uh, like ATB type battle, the 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 time battles, the turn-based element. Yeah. Of, it, not it, so it, much it, turn-based, but you still end up in that. Right now, I've 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 I've, I've slashed enough times to build up enough the sort of points to now go into my ATB, my active time battle menu, which is where your classic Final Fantasy VII vibes are coming in, of abilities, limit breaks, magics, 
Oh, man. I mean, I, I think it was blended perfectly. And this is one thing that I just wasn't, I didn't know how it was going to play. You know what I mean? It was either, was it just going to be hack and slash to some respect? But how they managed to bleed that um, time-based, t- turn-based combat almost, or time-based, let's say. Mm-hmm. It was pretty fucking good. An <laughs> exceptional, like, absolutely exceptional. And, and, like, the thing I liked about it was it, it, it is a little bit, in, it's not directly intuitive. There's certainly no. a learning curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's an enjoyable one to re- you relearn how to play the game again, just yeah. like you did when you had your first battle in fan- the original Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. Navigating the system, like working out what you're actually doing. Yeah. And it was that was a joy, an absolute joy, just to to redo that. You know what I mean? And that you know, the final boss of the the demo wasn't a, wasn't a cakewalk. Oh, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And it's just that sense of achievement of actually, you know, feeling backs against the wall, and just achievement. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Loved it. Yeah. Getting it. Sold. Bought it. Bought, bought and paid for. It. Bought and paid for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I wasn't already, I am a hundred percent in on this. I go as far as to say I'm so far in on this. Expect a fresh wave of merch getting dropped oh. off by Amazon probably tomorrow. I mean, it was. It was it was just when the music hit, that was it. The first thing, the menu screen, and oh. that fami- familiarity of the uh, uh, remastered soundtrack, and you're like, oh. remastered, fucking beautifully, by the way. Like, it got to the point where I'd finished the demo, and I sat for half an hour just on the actual menu screen of the demo, just listening to that song, to the point where I even searched for it on my phone, so I could continue listening to it after I turned the console off. Just absolutely stunning. The game is fucking stunning. Absolutely I just, stunning. I just really, really hope there's enough content in it. That's and it's the not, thing, and right? it's not like a 50, 50 quid game for like, that isn't. Six, six hours. Worth. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, at least with um, the Res Evil kind of remakes and stuff, the kind of, the price point was a little bit down because they understood it's, you know. Yeah. It's it's not the it's huge games of content that you're used to. Yeah. Oh. The question it raises in my mind is, it is very much Final Fantasy VII, and it is very much drawn from the from the original, uh, and it is it is a remake, so it isn't a remaster. That's worth bearing in mind. The two are very fucking different. Mm-hmm. A remaster is the same game just with a shiny fucking coat of paint on it. A remake, they've gone to the effort of diving into some of the story, into the character, into the fucking general. They've managed somehow to get in there and take the storyline, which was a phenomenal storyline back in the day, and they've managed to polish it somewhat so it still resonates, it still hits in in 2020 without being an absolute fucking cheese fest. Yeah. You can't get away from it. Like there's elements in the demo where Barrett, Barrett starts spouting off much like he did in the original about how the drain and the life force from the earth and it's all very eco warrior. I mean, essentially that's what they are. They are a bunch of eco terrorists. Whichever way you slice it, Avalanche are a bunch of eco terrorists. Uh, and he starts spouting off about fucking. Mako and the very life force being drained from the earth, which in itself is quite jarring, coming from a giant fucking jacked 
fucking black dude with a fucking chain gun on his arm and he's wearing the shades and he's just had an unearthly amount of fucking roids in that man. <laughs> but then I, I, I don't remember if it's Cloud or Jesse. He's just like, chill out. Like, you know what I mean? It's like they have, they've tampered down the cheese with a very modern sort of, hang on, mate, settle down. Oh, yeah. I will get it. You know what I mean? We're here. We'll get it. Chill out. Like, we'll know what it's about. So Sweet. that, I'm, I'm interested to see what to do with the rest of the story. If um, the previews would be believed, there are some significant story beats which have been significantly altered. That's going to be interesting. The question it leaves for me after playing the demo is are we going to just have a very linear experience here? Does the demo, does what we played in that demo lend itself to the 20 plus hours of grind that we did in the original Final Fantasy running around the open world map just levelling up? Do you know what I mean? And for me, I don't think it does. I don't think it lends itself very well to that grind. There is no run around in circles until when the screen spins and then it's that's got to be that's gone now you can't have that that the way this game looks and feels and plays that element's gone do you know what I mean you're attacking very real enemies that you see coming it's effectively disc one though isn't it of the original is again that was another thing for me i don't rightly remember where disc one ended i'm pretty sure is when you went to the world map was it i don't know i don't remember at what point because in my mind you leave midgar uh-huh and the next stop is is it cosmo canyon oh, you went to the chocobo ranch didn't you chocobo ranch then cosmo canyon Ah, so it's Chocobo Ranch. Then you went across the the swampy thing. I can't, I can't really remember. I remember a hell of a lot about that game, the original, and I don't remember in what order I did it. Things I remember, which is going to be very interesting to see if these come back, right? Golden Saucer, Absol- uh-huh. absolutely will come back, hundred percent. To what extent I don't know. It has to come back because without Golden Saucer, there is no Cat Sith. And Katsith was a fucking cult classic favourite character in that game. You need Cosmo Canyon. And I think, if memory serves... Well, we've already seen Red 13. So we absolutely are going to Cosmo Canyon. But not playable. But well, we're not, No, we're not going to Cosmo Canyon. Because you found him in Midgar. Was Red 13 in Midgar? Yep, he because he was in the, um, the scientists. He was in the lab. But... Do you then take Red 13 back to Cosmo Canyon? You do, and eventually in the original, yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing: I think you know, there's one of the screenshots where they're all standing, standing on the end, you know, the end of the road with the bike. Mm-hmm. You know, the the classic FMV from FF7. Mm-hmm. I've got a feeling that'll be the end of the game. The end of this episode. The, of the game. This episode, yeah. Just leaves so many questions. Like, I mean, just, just Midgar before the open world stuff. And if, yeah. let's not forget, Final Fantasy games were always linear. 
Yeah. That's what the fanboys and from you know you used to hear people calling it a role playing game because they were so linear. Mm. But it's what introduced the wider world. It's what what made role playing games accessible. I'd say. Very good point. That very good point. I never really thought of it that way, because you do take breaks to level grind, but still you then know where your next story beat is. Yeah, you always had to follow it to the story. Yeah, um, that's, uh, that's that's a, that's a very good shout. I think you know. I mean, yeah, I, I get what you mean. There is a distinct lack of side quest. Now, it depends. Maybe that's what they're going to put in there, because everyone loves a side quest these days. Well, if they're done right. Fetch quests. Endless fetch quests don't seem to do very well. And he's, the, he, he's one of the other things, is kind of, are they going to make, you know, obviously they've painstakingly recreated the levels from the original. Yeah. Is wider Midgar going to be a a point, part of this game yeah. you know what I mean so like this because we always loved Midgar and like when, when, once it was gone you're on the world map and you're thinking all these things is cool but you always thought that was that was the, the prime location of the yeah. of the place especially when they put the fucking cannon on towards the end of the game <laughs> fucking hell so I'm just wondering if it's um, you know they focus on Midgar but there's then a lot more content to have I, that's what I hope I just hope there's enough content because I'm sold on how it plays. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The things I hope for the full game, um, and when I say full game, I mean every episode. I don't know how many episodes they plan on doing. I don't know when the next one's planned to come out, given how this one looks and plays and the amount of time and fucking attention that, that episode one's going to have. What I want to see, so we're obviously getting Midgar, that's episode one. We need the full suite of characters which means you you absolutely need your cult classics, Vincent Valentine, Yuffie Kasaragi, Kat Sith, Sid Highwind. These all have very distinct areas related to them, but when you look at, like, Vincent, I'm sure you could have just missed Vincent altogether. Yeah, you could have. He didn't go down at the bottom of the mansion. Yeah. That was it. So do, do, do you include that? Do you include the ability to miss Vincent? Because... The way the game's built, I, I don't. It looks so fucking polished. I don't see a world in which you could have a branching path of you did or you didn't manage to get Vincent. Do you know what I mean? But I, you know, we're not talking Vincent in this in this one. No, he's. I mean, he's got to be episode two, even maybe three, depending on these changes to the story. Because they have they've been very clear about it. They haven't mentioned it being. Like it's not in any of the things in episode one. No. No. Things like Final Fantasy remake, Final Fantasy seven remake part two and part three, but there's no there's no clear indication of how many parts they're planning on doing or how they're going to break it up or how long we're going to be sitting waiting for these installments. Exactly. But I mean, my takeaway of it is Jesus Christ, I cannot wait to get my hands on this game. And Follow it's quite quite a shrewd thing dropping the demo. Because particularly with people like me, just like you know, it's like ah, I'm not that not that bothered. And then you play it, and you're like, yep, done. I'll have that. <laughs> I'll have two. Thank you. I'll take all of them. Before we go, Johnny, we'll wrap it up there. We'll wrap it up on talk of Final Fantasy VII remake. But I just want to know from your opinion, what are your top three Final Fantasy games? 
and I want them in order from best to from one to three. So I didn't play all of them. Okay. That comes as no surprise. Here. So I didn't play twelve. Which one was twelve? Was twelve with lightning? I think so. I pl- I played them all. However, after ten, they get sketchy, which obviously is going to lead heavily into me uh me top three. Okay. I'll, I'll you know. Uh, number three, Final Fantasy VIII. Oh, interessante. Interessante. Not, not a very well-loved Final Fantasy one, that one. No, no, but I just, I, I just liked the con. I think it was just, it was an overblown thing. Yeah. You know, after Final Fantasy VII and stuff. But I thought some of the concepts in it was pretty cool. If they just scaled it back a little, I would. What was the fucking card game in eight? What was that for? Oh. Because that that they they haven't managed to get uh, a system like that as good as they did in eight, and I can't remember the card game, but by fuck, and you it, they managed to seamlessly integrate it into eight because you had to do it if you wanted. Was his name Squall? Yep. If you wanted his ultimate weapon, you had to progress through that card game. Triple and, triad. Sorry. Triple triad. Yep, I think so. Knowledge, mate, knowledge. But that uh, in that game, the the first time I'd seen it, and the best time I've seen it, it came back very much in ten, I want to say. But it wasn't so much a card game anymore. It was the fucking the weird water polo game, where you ended up unlocking fucking players for your weird water polo squad. <laughs> but. Something ball. I can't remember what the fuck it was called. So how are then? You've gone. You've gone eight in at number three. So I, I really, I, I really like the um, that PlayStation era. Yeah, yeah. You know the nineties era, really. Yeah. Um, I didn't get on board with ten much. No. I loved nine. That nine was the next one. Superb. Because superb. Na- nine was nine was kind of like it almost dropped out of nowhere a little bit and kind of. It was like, you know, that fucking blows my mind. PlayStation 1, they released 7, 8, and 9 a year apart. Yep. Multiple disc games, all of them very different, a year apart. Fucking, you didn't get that anymore. Like, you just get Call of Duty's now. <laughs> Call of Duty's are not all too dissimilar to each other. But fuck me, what an achievement that was. So you've gone, you've gone 8, then I'm 9. Not- Eight, then nine, and then seven. It always has yeah, to be seven. So. Now, and I love playing fifteen on the new gen. I just yeah. didn't buy into the characters. Couldn't get on board. No, I think it's. I don't know if it was something about you no. Know, it was the it was the silly things away. You could rename. You think your characters because yeah. you didn't obviously have I didn't have voice acting. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um. So you're scrolling through text, but you you could. You know, it was the same like you know when we first played Final Fantasy VII. You called yourself Paul, and you called yeah. Barrett Johnny. And I did the same the other way around. Yeah, yeah. And that was it. You know, yeah. your, your squad was part of your squad, and that was it. And you could, yeah. you had that that kind of customizable thing where you could play as your friends. And then when ten came along, obviously you're into the realm of voice acting and things like that, and things yeah. have to be a bit more fixed. Yeah. And that's the one thing about Final Fantasy VII remake now. Things are going to be fixed. Yeah, yeah. As they should, as as the you know, designers want to be. So yeah. I, that's why I kind of like the, the, that era because it was just felt like you could invest and it becomes your your players and your squad. You know what I mean? Your little world. 
your your experience yeah personalized only by name but yeah it still felt so so fucking tailored to you just by just by creating your own squad I just the you rename put, stuff Barrett to me every time I say Barrett now his name's Johnny yeah I don't say <laughs> Barrett anymore his name's Johnny <laughs> <laughs> big Johnny with a gun on I'd have to go in at third place is a tie with Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy XV, because I actually was on board quite heavily with XV. I loved the the lads on tour element of XV. Um, I just didn't buy in, Sorry, I'm cutting in your time here, but I didn't huh. buy into the main character. No, you don't yeah. like him. Yeah, yeah. I know that was the whole point. He was supposed to be kind of... A brat. Coming, coming of age kind of thing. Yeah. That's it, yeah. Coming of age, that's the best way to put it. I think that's why I actually enjoyed it so much. Because it did... It did sort of resonate, even though I am not a prince. However, <laughs> I do consider myself as Sunderland's first son. And you are prince, royalty, sir. You are royalty. <laughs> the prince of Sunderland. It did sort of resonate, this coming of age, like just the boys, like you and your mates. And you could sort of, like, you could see the different sort of roles they were playing and the different characters and the different sort of positions in the hierarchy, you know what I mean? So in, in a third place for me, it will be 15 and 10. Um, second place will be 9. Third place, 7. Sorry, first place, 7. Yeah. So top to bottom, Final Fantasy 7 is the best. Then 9. Then a tie between 10 and 15. Boys and girls, if you want to share your top 3 Final Fantasy games, jump on over any of the social networks of your choice. You can find the show uh, at the franchise on any of them. Um, Johnny's sort of avoiding avoiding social media the same way I'm avoiding crowded spaces or people who uh, look like they've got a bit of a sniffle going on at the minute. If but, you want to send me a letter, I'll, I'll gladly reply. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to write Johnny a postcard, send them to P.O. Box. <laughs> but uh, boys and girls, this has been another episode of Franchise Buys Games. That there has been Nice Guy Johnny. It certainly has. It certainly has. Uh, and if you want to get involved in anything we've discussed here today, like I said, reach out on the social networks. Do be a darling. Do be a do be a, a darling. Do be one of our soldiers in this fucking war and uh, jump on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us one of them five star reviews. Feel free to leave a comment. Call Johnny a filthy casual if you wish. Um, but five star reviews are preferred. Uh, and we shall be back next week with more game and choice cuts and little little opinions, opinion pieces, editorials from two people who haven't even got a sniff of a journalism degree. Nope. It's <laughs> never stopped us before and it's not going to stop us now. So uh, until next time, boys and girls, us Say bye, Johnny. Bye, Johnny. <laughs>